Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. We are a church that is for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are passionate about helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So if you're just joining us for the first time, we would love for you to check out our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. There you can find ways to connect with us and see what's happening at Crosspoint. Now, let's listen to this week's Sunday message. Those of you who are visiting with us, you might have felt a bit of a heaviness in the service this morning. Um, Someone who's a key part of this congregation uh, passed away on Wednesday very suddenly. And uh, with his passing, of course, I didn't know him that well, but I just feel the burden that everyone else feels. And... uh, There's a story in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter, I think it's chapter 2. No, let's fast forward. It's probably going to be about chapter 5. It's about a guy named Enoch. It says he was 65 years old. He had a son named Methuselah. I'm not sure what the son was like, but it says that from that point on he walked with God. He lived for 365 years. And he says that he walked consistently with God. And then one day, he was walking with God. This is my edit of the story. One day, he was walking with God. And uh, he said, Lord, it's time to go home. And God said, well, Enoch, you're closer to my place than yours, so why don't you come home with me? It's a little bit like our friend Sean. The way he gave of his life is an indicator of the character of God. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? And Sean so loved Jesus that he gave. If you've been here for a while, you've probably seen him playing guitar up here with his wife, Christina. Or maybe uh, as uh, the youth know him, uh, he was a, I suppose you might have called him a gentle giant. Is that fair to say? A guy that was just amongst them, cared for them. He helped with children's ministry. He gave for your lessons down at the Tegler Center. Do you get a sense of this man? So we grieve. So let's take a moment to pray. Father, I want to thank you for Sean. I want to thank you for the impact that you had through him in our lives and the lives of many others. And Lord, we lift his family up to you, knowing that they are grieving his loss. And we pray that your presence might comfort them. But also, Lord, they know that he's with you. And so there's a a resting in that also. And we hold that hope, Lord, that you are present with us, whether we're here or there. And we pray, Lord, that uh, the family would rest in that and we as a congregation would also rest in that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Simply Christmas, third Sunday of Advent. This is a Sunday of joy, as we've already had in the reading. And joy is an interesting thing. It isn't happiness. 
Joy is something more than that. It is rooted in a relationship, and it's in a, rooted in a relationship that encourages us to act in a right way. I can remember uh, as a young guy having all kinds of idiosyncrasies, to say the least. And then I met Brenda. And our relationship grew and developed, and we got to know each other, and I started to fall in love with her. And she started to make comments to me about my idiosyncrasies. And I got to tell you that I changed because I wanted to bring her joy. You see, that's what joy is. It is this thing that you want to see in someone else. You want to see their lives uh, full of life, full of hope. And joy is the third candle of Advent. The first one was hope, which is rooted in the Word of God. The second one is peace, which is rooted in our repentance. And joy, which is rooted in our joining God on His mission. In the reading this morning, they uh, quoted from Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8 is a uh, passage where they were reading the Bible. They were reading the, the law to the people. Nehemiah, Ezra, the crowd, they were up there, and they set it up so all the people could gather and hear the reading of the word. And they were reading it. It was a sacred day. They were, it was supposed to be a day of celebration. But as the people heard the words of Scripture... They started to weep and cry. Why? Because they were overwhelmed with guilt because they realized they were not meeting the mark of what God was expecting of them. And it's in that context that the leadership stood up and said, stop crying. This is a sacred day. This is a day that we come together to worship our God. And instead of crying, we want you to take the food that is present share it with each other, and bless each other, and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. And then this is the statement, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's His joy that is our strength. His expectation of something coming out of our relationship with Him. And joining Him on His mission in purposefully being a part of what He is doing around us brings Him great joy. And so Advent is not, this Sunday of Advent is not about my joy. It's about my partnership with him bringing him joy. There's two verses that I have. One is from Luke chapter 1, which is the one where Mary talks about being rejoicing in the Lord because she made a full commitment to participate in God's purposes. The second passage is from the angels. This is in Luke chapter 2. Not the angels, sorry, the shepherds. You see, these shepherds were out there in the field, keeping watch over their flocks. And then the angels of the Lord showed up, started to sing. When they heard the good news that there was the Messiah born, they said to each other, let's go down to Bethlehem and see if this is really true. And they get down there, and they find the place where he is, and they acknowledged that, yes, what the angels had said was true. And you know what they did? I anticipate they did it with joy. But they just went out and they told everybody they saw. 
they announced to everybody what the angels had told them, what they had seen. And that brought pleasure to the heart of Jesus, to the heart of God. So this morning, we want to take a look at how we can join God on his mission and what will bring him joy. And we're going to be taking a look at the idea of hospitality as the tool that God has for us. So if we can jump to the first slide after the one, simply hospitality. Let's move to the next slide. There it is. This is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. The end of the world is coming soon. Have you noticed that, by the way? Do you have a sense that things are winding down? Maybe getting a little bit more chaotic? This, has been, this was in Peter's day with the Roman Empire. This is in our day with the empires that are trying to be established around us. But it is, the end is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. And then the line, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Hospitality is a opportunity to serve one another. In Hebrews, it talks about the fact that you're supposed to show hospitality to strangers because you never know there might be an angel amongst those strangers. But the idea is that we are to be hospitable to the people around us. So what is biblical hospitality? Well, I came across this uh, reference on the web. If you could see the really fine print up there at the bottom, that would be the link to where I found it. If you need it, you can uh, come and get from me afterwards. So biblical hospitality is a display of God's character. Secondly, biblical hospitality is at its core welcoming people. Some passages in the Bible reference welcoming strangers. Others referencing welcoming other believers. But they all are about welcoming them, those in our proximity, with joy. Do you catch that? With joy. So we talk about the fact that... Excuse me. We talk about the fact that joy is something that we do because we want to please God. There is an element, though, in which as you please God, as you follow through on serving Him, you have a confidence in your life. You have, your life is full, and there is joy there, in spite of the circumstances. The other night uh, when we were over with Christina and family, it was a heavy moment. But in the midst of that, there was people talking and laughing. There was a sense of their lives being held, that they were in a good place. They knew who Sean was. They knew what his life was like. And they embraced that. And yes, there were some hard questions. What in the world are you doing, God? Why? But in the midst of that, there was also this sense of, we trust you. There's an interesting passage at the end of the book of Habakkuk, the last verses of Habakkuk, and it goes something like this. This is a wild paraphrase, so don't uh, quote me on this. 
But it says something, even if the crops fail, even if my house burns down, even if I lose my job, I will still praise you. Why? There's a sense of God being present and in control of things. It's a sense that God is moving in spite of all the different difficulties that are happening around us. And that gives us this ability to move into difficult circumstances with hospitality, with a curiosity. So I was thinking about hospitality and how to define it. So I uh, made these comments. Hospitality is, hospitality is sharing our lives. It's being open. This morning during the prayer time before the service, Christine read from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 3, where it talks about we have this God and Father, a God of all comfort, Father of compassion, who comforts us in every circumstance so that we might comfort others. You see, first of all, it's about sharing our lives. It's about being open about who we are, about our relationship with God how it shapes us and how it molds us. That's what Sean was good at. He was open about his life. He shared his life. And we are called to do the same thing. But it's not just that. It's welcoming, welcoming others into our lives. So we can be open about our lives, but we also need to welcome others into our lives to become a part with us. That is hospitality. And that hospitality then is acknowledged or seen through joy. And then I'm going to add the second thing there is curiosity. It's expressed through curiosity. I can remember wondering, learning how to share the gospel when I was a young guy. I had a very specific way to do it. Some of you maybe are familiar with the four spiritual laws. Well, before the four spiritual laws, there was the Roman road. There was four or five verses taken from the book of Romans that led us through a very step-by-step -step way for someone to become a follower of Jesus. And I can remember cornering my friends and taking them verse by verse through that and encouraging them to pray the prayer at the end. And I came away, and some of my friends would pray the prayer. But I always came away unsatisfied. Unsatisfied because somehow my sharing of the gospel using that very systematic way felt incomplete. And then I learned that if you were curious about people and you asked them questions and you pursued knowing them and their circumstances, and you took what you understood about who Jesus was and how he had worked in your life, that all of a sudden you could find these links in your life with their life. And that would result in making the gospel, the word of God, relevant in their life. And all of a sudden it would open the door for them to be drawn towards him. I can remember a time I was in uh, Vancouver. I was there for a conference. And I needed to get from one part of the city to the other. And so I called a cab and a gentleman picked me up. And because it was Vancouver and it was busy traffic and so on, I had a lot of time with him. And so I started asking him about his faith. He was Muslim background. 
believer. And uh, as I was asking him about his faith, uh, I asked him curiously about, I said, how does your faith deal with sin? And so we had a great conversation around this idea of the Muslims. And, and, and then he says, how does the Christian faith deal with sin? And I said, well, we really don't deal with sin. And he goes, what do you mean? I says, in the Christian faith, Jesus has taken care of all the sins. And he says, that doesn't seem fair. He says, you need to be punished for the sins you have done before you can enter into heaven. I says, no. I says, you're assuming that the sin is, my sin is against a specific person on this earth. But I says, really, my sin is first against God because I've disobeyed him. And in doing that, God is the one I have to make, have the right relationship with. He's the one that grants access to heaven. And so we had a great conversation. I'm not sure what happened for him. The taxi ride was not quite long enough. But I know that God was at work. Curiosity opened a door for a conversation that I had not expected. Neither had he. And hospitality is rooted, good hospitality is rooted in this. You welcome people into your life. You welcome them to join you in whatever you're doing. Joy, because you are seeking to please God, you are seeking to live in the fullness of all that he has, that joy is evident. And the curiosity means that you are not so worried about yourself, but you're willing to reach out and draw other people towards you. And so your curiosity is one of the greatest gifts and strengths that you have for reaching out to your neighbors. Just wanting to know them, to understand them, to be able to come alongside them. And in doing so, you open the door to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. One of the things that Crosspoint has as a value is knowing our neighborhood and knowing our neighbors. Here's the question for you. Do you know your neighbors? Can you go down the street? Who lives on either side of you? Who's across the street from you? Do you know their stories? Have you been curious enough to ask the questions? I was talking with a fellow one time. He moved into a new neighborhood, and uh, he was quite effective as an evangelist. So I asked him, I said, so when you moved into the neighborhood, what did you do different to open the door? He says, well, he says, in our neighborhood, he says, everybody has their barbecue in the backyard. Uh, that's probably true here too, right? He says, but I happen to have a nice front yard, and I have a place, so I would just move my barbecue to the front yard. And then I would have a group of people in, and people would be walking by, and I'm out there barbecuing away, and my neighbors would come and say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm barbecuing for a group. And then he'd just start conversation with them. And he'd, over the barbecue, just open the door. Some of the neighborhoods here in Edmonton uh, started putting front porches on their houses 
because they understood that that front porch of your home in those neighborhoods becomes a way for the neighborhood to get to know each other. What are you doing to let your neighbors know you or be known? To get to know them. Are you practicing hospitality? Are you curious? Are you inviting them into your life? Are you open about your life? We have a couple down the street from us. First time we met them, we were talking, and because we were new in the neighborhood, they asked, so what do you do? They assumed we were retired. And then we said, no, we're not retired. Uh, we actually work in churches. Oh, we go to church. And out of that grew a relationship with them. And now we've found people on the street who believe like we do. Maybe not exactly the same, but they care about each other. And there's an opportunity to connect with them and to be together in the pursuit of knowing the neighbors, of serving and meeting in the neighborhood. You see, joy leads us into relationship with Jesus in a deeper way, capturing his heart, understanding his desires. And when we do that, we start to see our neighbors, our friends, our neighbors at work, the guy at the next desk, the person in the desk next to us in school. It doesn't matter where we are. The people around us are our neighbors. And the opportunity to know them and to be known opens a door for God to work in us and through us and draw many to himself. So, yeah, we have a candle that represents hope in the word of God. We have a candle that represents peace through repentance. But now we have a candle that represents joy through mission, through serving. And I encourage you, see your world as an opportunity to serve Jesus. See your world as a place to get to know more and more. Curiosity is a great gate opener for many things, particularly the gospel. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you that you are present with us and that you will work in and through us as we open the door in our relationships with others. So, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be eager to please you, that our hearts would be tuned to see the world around us as you see it, that our curiosity would lead to those places where you want us to go and result in many being followers of you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd encourage you to uh, make a list of people around you, people that you're curious about, people that you want to get to know that maybe don't know Jesus, and start praying about opportunities to know them. And then start looking for ways that you can come alongside them and be present enough to ask them questions, to get to know them, to hear their story, to understand how God might want to meet them. And then take 
the things that you know and share them openly so that they have an opportunity to respond to Jesus. There is an altar prayer, and I encourage you, if you won't need prayer in your life, that uh, you can come forward, and uh, there'd be a group that'd be happy to pray with you. There are also, it isn't just for those of us that are needy in terms of prayer. It is sometimes just a desire to have more of God. So if there's a sense in your life that you want to open up new areas of your life for God to work, the altar team would be happy to pray with you in that regard. Or if you have people that you're concerned about, they'd be happy to pray alongside you in that. So now I want you to stand. And I'm going to ask, no, should I do this? Yes. No, I'm not going to do it. I was going to ask someone else to come up and lead this part, but I'm going to see if I can get it right. You can correct me if I get it wrong, right? How does it start? You... You are the people of God, right? Called by God into his redemptive mission. So be who you are. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who loves this world and wants to see it saved. Jesus who took steps to remove all the barriers to that salvation. And the Holy Spirit who is present in us to enable us to accomplish all that he asks us to do. Go and serve him. Amen. Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for listening to this Sunday's message. We hope that we've helped you in your spiritual journey and that you're drawing closer to God. At Crosspoint, we gather on Sundays at 10 a.m. in Northeast Edmonton and throughout the week in something we love to call home groups. Home groups are encouraging and transformational communities for people just like you. We believe that the journey of faith is done together. So we hope that you'll connect with us at thecrosspointchurch.ca. Now, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are.